0: The majority of people in this country are democratic. They understand the constitution, they understand the laws, they understand the way this country was meant to be. Uh, but the thing is that this other, these extremists and these fascists are very scary. They have a ton of money, and they, they can uh, they can outshout a lot of people. So we're trying to give people the courage to speak up.
1: Welcome to the Kindness Is podcast, where we take a deep dive into the true meaning of kindness. I'm your host, Caitlin Johnstone, the co-founder of Kind Cotton. Let's dive in. You know, I have been thinking so much lately about what it means to be an American. I've been thinking about when my daughter goes to school in a couple of years, that I want to ensure she is learning accurate history. I want all children represented in the books that she reads. I want every single child to feel seen and loved and valued for who they are. I want inclusive education to be protected. And when she goes to school, I want to ensure as a parent that she is safe when I drop her off at the start of the day. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what we all can do collectively to make sure that we create a better world. For the future generation, and my guest today has some answers for that. She has some answers that will help you not feel so isolated during this time of chaos. She has some answers that will inspire you. She also talks about some really scary things, but I think overall, you're going to leave this episode feeling inspired, engaged, and motivated to ensure that we leave this earth in a better place in which we came into it. Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Kindness Is Pod. Today, I have with me an incredible guest who is doing amazing things. I'm sure some of you have heard of her. I have Karen Svoboda here, who's Blended family consists of seven teenage children of all gender identities and abilities. She, having this family, understands how difficult it can be to raise kids in a complicated world. This is what inspired her to write her book, Jolene, the Disability Awareness Chicken. So, we're going to talk about a lot of that today. But another reason why I have Karen on here is because she is also the co-founder of Defense of Democracy, an organization that advocates for parents, teachers, students, librarians, and all Americans who are fighting every day to protect their civil rights. Karen, I'm so happy you are here.
0: Thank you, Caitlin. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Yeah, it's really amazing. So I shared with you a little bit before we pressed record on this podcast, that I recently asked all of our followers, what do you want to hear next on the podcast? And overwhelmingly, people said to me, I really want to know how I can actually make a difference. How can I fight back against all of the horridness that is being caused by Moms for Liberty. What can we do? And I was like, Ah, I have just the person to bring on to the podcast. So I would love to know why you started Defensive Democracy.
0: Well, um, I started Defensive Democracy. I had, I had before Defensive Democracy started. It was COVID, and I had been watching, you know, the a lot of the national news. And I was aware of a group called Moms for Liberty because they were just wreaking havoc in school districts down in Florida. And I was very fascinated by that. Um, I had never seen people behave uh, so, um, like, such juveniles, you know, and, and like, just... This this organization called Moms for Liberty seemed to truly bring out the very worst in all of its members, right? You saw people uh, you know, screaming at each other at school board meetings and threats and all of this horrible stuff. And I remember feeling very uh remote from it because I live in New York and and I would I and I, I I'm not proud of this, but at the time, like I really had this little voice in my head that said, you know, like, wow thank God you don't live in Florida. Right. And it was, it felt like a whole other world. Right. Um,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And then we noticed that uh, moms for Liberty members were running for school district in my community uh, and they had signage out and it was very polished. And, and, you know, they had this facade that they put on and that was what was their signs, you know, so-and-so endorsed by moms for Liberty. And it raised enormous red flags when I saw that. Um, So that was when I actually started to do a deeper dive into who moms for Liberty were not just in Florida, but now in New York
2: where they were going Mm -hmm. for
0: our school board and they were, and what I found was horrifying. Um, These were, so I just did a search uh, under the names of the people who were running for school board and who were claiming to be part of moms for Liberty. And they, Uh, One of them was was straight up said, I've been fighting the LGBT agenda since I found out about it. Uh, Another post was, um, gay marriage is about sexualizing children, right? So I went down this rabbit hole of who these people really were. And there was about eight weeks before the election. So not a lot of time to mobilize the community. Mm -hmm. So what we ended up doing and we were like me and, you know, a couple of other parents in the area basically ran an awareness campaign as to who moms for Liberty were. And we, and the, we doubled voter turnout. And people who had never voted in the school board before, because we put it up on social media, like the, this is who they are, right? That, you know, this little cute little sign here that says endorsed by moms for liberty. Uh, you know, here they are saying that, you know, Christianity should be the, you know, should be the, the foundation of what is taught in schools, right? And this is, we are a very diverse community. We've got people from all different mm-hmm. religions It worked. That was how we started.
1: Amazing. So they so they did not take any of the seats in your God,
0: community. No, we crushed them. We crushed them.
1: Amazing. Um, Amazing. Yeah. But had you not done that, I mean, there are some people who may have just showed up to the polls 100%. to say, eh, I'm just going to choose here because I'm not aware of what this means. And as you said, if you know nothing about it, it may come across as oh, this sounds great, right? Like they want to protect yeah. their children. Who doesn't, do doesn't want to do that? And right. as a... Yeah. It, yes, yes, exactly. And as a funny side note, I just mentioned this to Karen too. So I grew up in the area that Karen is talking about, but also when you're talking about that Florida area where Moms for Liberty was started that's the district I taught him for eight wow. years. Wow. The co-founder of Moms for Liberty is on the Sarasota County School Board. And that's where a lot of these meetings started. And I sat back in the start of COVID saying, what? And I mean, it all started over masks, yes, essentially. Yeah. And I was doing everything in my power at the time to keep my, my parents safe, to keep my newborns safe. And these people were coming in like... I deserve to breathe oxygen. And it was absolutely
0: horrifying. And it was the same, right. For me too. Like you had a newborn. So that's a child with, you know, who's compromised. They need to build themselves up. And I have a daughter with Mm -hmm. severe asthma. I didn't, I was shocked that like, that was even part of it because Um, yeah, my daughter has been, she's been in the ICU a few times in her life, unable to breathe very, very close calls. Um, we were terrified of that disease and I, I couldn't believe that I was actually getting into arguments with parents in my school district. And I was trying to say like, you know, if my daughter gets this, she could be really sick. Having all the kids wear a mask is, is a reasonable request before the the vaccine came out, you know, and, and they were like, Oh, uh, this just burns me up even to think about it. I got one response that was like, "Yeah, you're right. It sounds really dangerous. You should keep her home." So, you know, that is not a fair solution, right? Because you don't want to wear a mask <laughs> that all the kids who could get sick and the teachers and whoever else is exposed uh should stay home. So, yeah. That was so we anyway, we had we had absolutely crushed them. We did not they did not get in but they were so vocal about the fact that they would be back and they weren't going away that uh, we knew we had to stick around, which we did. And this year they didn't even bother to run. So they didn't have a plan. So we, and, and I will say, I've heard from other districts, other areas throughout the country who, what almost happened here in the Hudson Valley is exactly what happened. Nobody knew who they were. They got on the ballot. Mm -hmm. They rallied their Mm -hmm. you know handful of people to vote them in and they got voted in because the, community was not aware of of this threat and now those communities have problems um yeah you know so we were lucky
1: and would you say that that's what you're kind of continuing to do with defense of democracy now you really seem to be rooted in keeping education inclusive Mm -hmm allowing children to have access to books in which they feel seen and loved and valued, which is obviously very, very in tune with what we are all about. So tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you were doing Current. So,
0: defensive democracy. We kind of operate on two tenets. One of them is raising awareness about extremist groups. So that's mm-hmm. the the part where you see us, like, you know, uh, starting a hashtag, "Who are Moms for Liberty?" And by the way, it's not only Moms for Liberty. These extremists have different names throughout the country. Moms for Liberty just happens to be the biggest one. Um, mm-hmm. There's a Wake, Illinois. I think there's one called like Pace, New York. There, I've heard a whole bunch of different names depending on what, but they all have the same the exact same playbook. Um, So raising awareness about who they are, letting people know, uh, a lot of this is done on social media, who is with these groups, who's supporting these groups. Um, And then the second tenet of what we do is we support inclusive education systems and we support inclusive teachers and administrators and elected officials uh, who are, you know, democratic in, in in their understanding of the Constitution and our country.
1: Yeah, which is so important right now as we see that slowly slipping away. And, and something that's really important to be brought up, which is something that I say all the time, this didn't happen in your district. But you mentioned it did happen in other areas w- in which it may not have had people been educated about what Moms for Liberty were doing. So I find it extremely important for everyone to recognize that Florida isn't some one off nope. right like Florida is not this place where i mean in many ways it's it's awful which is why we moved but it is happening everywhere and i hate the term the vocal minority because what's happening is that vocal minority is excuse my language but they are getting shit done yeah. they're they're turning these evil thoughts into actual legislation. And we're seeing that happen over and over and over again. So what would you say to someone listening to this is something that they could do in which they feel like they're actually making their voice heard or being a part of the change for good?
0: Well, one of the things I was just working on before we hopped on the podcast is I am actually putting together a process for each of our the Defensive Democracy chapters so that we can mobilize uh in the upcoming school year and have some a member of Defensive of Democracy at every school board meeting in each of our chapters for the rest of the year. So what you would do is you would find out okay our school board meets once or twice a month. We have 10 people in our chapters. We're all gonna take turns so that you know somebody goes every month or every couple months. Um, and we're working on scripts and you know because we have the thing is, we do have the majority, like the majority of people in this country are democratic. They understand the Constitution. They understand the laws. They understand the way this country was meant to be. Uh, but the thing is that this other these extremists and these fascists are very scary. They have a ton of money and they, they can uh, they can outshout a lot of people. So we're trying to give people the courage to speak up. So, what can people do? I mean, our organization, and we're not the only one. You know, there's a lot of other great organizations that we have a coalition of other great organizations that we're involved in. Defensive Democracy is the only national organization that is single focused on protecting the public schools from Christian nationalists. Um, so, and we have, uh, you know, we have over a very short amount of time had a lot of growth. Uh, where we have organized very quickly, you know, into chapters, specific roles for volunteers within those chapters, making sure that nobody does more than one or two hours a week because we know everybody's got families and, and... jobs and and everything so this becomes a volunteer task that that is manageable uh for most people mm-hmm. and and for that reason we've had this you know exponential growth that we've had people kind of it, it, it is almost been like, like for a long time and still to a degree i am panicked about how, getting too big too fast but we're we're, we're handling mm-hmm. it
1: that's amazing because that is always i mean this is completely different but as a small business that's always been my fear like it's just me and my husband like what if things grow too quickly and then like right. you essentially could fold because of that because if you can't keep up with the demand right. and I'm sure it's the same exact way for you then then you can't keep up with the demand right. um, so that's really amazing how can people get involved specifically with your organization if they want so
0: to? our website is defensivedemocracy.org. Um, we are on just about every social media channel, but the, the best and most direct way is to go to defensivedemocracy.org, click, get involved and then click join a chapter. And you will, once you click that, you will be directed to, to kind of watch a video, take a quiz indicate what your volunteer interests are and then you will be invited to uh, connect with one of our regional directors who will either introduce you to a chapter chair in your area or talk to you about perhaps starting a chapter.
1: I love that and I think something that's really important about that aside from all of the incredible work you're doing is something I often talk about is creating this sense of community in a time of chaos because I mean, we are living through chaos right now. And I think it's really incredible once people go on and they recognize that there are people around them that are fighting for the same things that they are, they probably feel much more hopeful. They probably feel much more united. They probably feel a little less scared. Can you share any stories about that?
0: I mean... I I can say that, you know, I, the majority of calls from people I get now, now we're becoming a little more established. People have heard of us, but in the beginning, Mm -hmm. every time I would pick up the the phone, somebody would be on it and and their immediate reaction was like, Oh, thank God. I thought I was the only one because, Mm -hmm. because they are, because the, the extremists are so loud and scary and they're litigious and they are, I mean, like I've been, threatened that someone wants to put me in a wood chipper. Okay. I've been yeah, called, a pedophile. Know. you know, they use, they do these horrible things. And so, and it silences you because you're so shocked. You're like, I can't believe someone just said that this is too crazy. I'm going to hope it goes away. This is not going away. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's been oftentimes when I have heard from people saying, Oh my God, I thought I was all alone. And then once they start speaking up, you know, then they have people around them saying, oh, my God, we thought we were all alone. And and it kind of snowballs. And so we've been, you know, helping to kind of facilitate that throughout the country.
2: Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: It's so needed. Yeah. And what would you say to people who, because I've gotten that a lot too, and that's something that, Just within our circle of people advocating for inclusive books, people get really scared when things like that are said to them. And I get it. Like, I totally, I totally understand that we have had an incredible amount of horrific things said to us. What do you do in those moments? Because for me, like, I have really bad anxiety and it doesn't go away and it still hurts every single time that it is said and it's still really scary and I don't ever want to invalidate anyone's feelings but there are some tips and tricks I've learned along the way and I'm wondering if you have any that you'd be willing to share.
0: I mean being part of a larger group so being part of defensive democracy does give you um, a certain amount of Comfort. Okay. So we have, we Mm -hmm. have, um, an affiliate group called veterans defending democracy, and Mm -hmm. we have attorneys who are members of our, our board. So we have a lot of like really smart, educated voices, uh, in, in different aspects of this fight who, who help, you know, talk you off a ledge if, if something happens. Uh, you know, Scott, especially our attorneys, because with the, with the number of people who listen, get cease and desist letters, you know, that can be scary. Like they have attorneys write mm-hmm. really scary letters. So we'll go to our attorneys. And, and I don't think there has ever been a point when one of our attorneys had been like, yeah, you got to take this seriously. Like, <laughs> it just, yeah. you know, so we, so, so my advice also is like, just know the law. Don't go outside of it. Like we are very clear with our volunteers. You don't exaggerate. You don't lie. You don't make things up. You just state the facts because you don't have to like, they're horrifying. You, there's no need to exaggerate mm. what's going on. I mean, one of my volunteers got spit on on Friday at, and assaulted at a, at a press conference and it's on videotape. And there's, there's no way that there's no it's not unnecessary, completely unnecessary to exaggerate it. Let, you know, let, let it take its course. Let it, she's, you know, she's doing the right thing. She's going to other day. There was more than one the authorities and, and having that addressed so um and and we do things you know when you're we we vet as much as we can the volunteers who we take into our ranks um we provide our chapter chairs with email addresses so they don't have to use their personal contact information we talk to people about how to keep your social media secure and private um because it is you know they're not messing around you know they're I, I put cameras up in my house. I've never had that before. I never locked my doors. Now I do all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's what you got to do because this is, there's a very bad element in this country and they are not, uh, they are serious. And I think they really, I think the most of them really believe that they are, they are saving this country. Um, and what it is, is burning it to the ground, you know, if if they're allowed to do it.
1: How, Like, how do we find common ground then, right? Right. Like, how do we ever in the future – and I'm just kind of, like, putting this out there rhetorically Mm. to anyone who may be listening, too, because we don't want to do this forever, right? Like, I am the one who – all the time who was like, no, this is unacceptable. If what you are doing is dehumanizing another human being, we will not stand for it. We will be loud about it. And we will explain as to why this is wrong. However, how do we ever get those people who are causing all of this harm to understand that they're not saving the world by doing these awful things?
0: I have no interest in, in teaching <laughs> them, like, the, the difference between right and wrong, which is what... Happened. No, I know. I the know. The only thing that can be done, and this is critical, is people have to vote. There is there is yeah. not the luxury anymore of not voting and just saying, oh, you know, my vote doesn't matter. Or it's, you know, or I'll just take whatever they get. I don't like anybody. Or I'm too lazy. Or, you know, I just had a baby. Like, we, that is the... I think that the the fabric of our democracy is is the right to vote, and and um, that needs to be taken advantage of. And I see throughout the country, I see a lot of voter rights being uh, taken away, which is scary. Yeah. Um, but again, mm-hmm. get out and vote. You know, it, it's everything, everything, that, or don't complain. Right? Get out and vote, or just accept the fact that things are you know, what they are. And I'm, I'm praying that nobody continues to accept the fact that things are going to be going the way that they have been.
1: Yeah, for sure. Me too. You mentioned something earlier when we first started talking about your daughter and the whole stay home, which I feel as though, and I know we're taking a turn here, but I can't, I can't let this go without talking about it. Um, I feel like this is something, especially we're recording now, it's Disability Pride Month, and it's something that comes up often throughout the pandemic with disabled, the disabled population, is they're people too. And they they get to live a life that is fulfilling and that is safe, in which they are protected, just as people who are able-bodied are, and... I want to know how, A, that made you feel and what you've done going forward to ensure that your daughter has the same access as everyone else.
0: Well, um, I mean, what I have done has been to start this organization and mobilize community and what others can do is to join in that same kind of mobilization you know yeah um you know not being unafraid you know that that is gone you know when when i first started defensive democracy i was talking to somebody about tiktok and uh and she was like yeah you know if you really want to go big on tiktok you have to get out there and you have to you know you have to put your face on it and and talk to the audience And she was like, and I'm, she's one of my board members and I love her. She's great. But she's like, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. And I was like, all right, that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. You know, and now we've got like 30,000 followers and, uh, you know, and it, and, and I don't love it. It, It's, but I'm so comfortable with it now. Right. So I just go on. I don't really care what I look like. I go and get, get the message out there. Um, so it, it does take sometimes coming out of your comfort zone and, and, hearing the call of what needs to be done and then just doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Karen, I-, I ask everyone who comes on here, what their ultimate definition of kindness would be, because I think for many, many years, we have weaponized kindness. We've confused it with niceness. We have kind of equated it with falling into line and, and, and going by the status quo and particularly for women, keeping your mouth closed and just like being courteous and generous. So I would love to know from your perspective, how you would define kindness.
0: Um, I mean, kindness to me has an awful lot to do with empathy and when you can feel empathy for someone, especially if they're people who don't have a voice and you do, uh, you can you can use that kindness and that feeling that you have to speak for those who can't, whether it's children or, you know, a minority group or, you know, uh, anybody who's the other, anybody who's different. Um, especially if you are, you know, like I am white straight Christian, I have privilege. I, you know, um, to, to get seriously angry when, when voices are shut down uh, and to use every opportunity that you can to, to be an example to others around you of how people should be treated. So that's my definition.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for the work you were doing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for telling everyone how they can go and become involved in defense of democracy. Everyone is asking me all the time, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Here is a very easy action step. You heard it from Karen herself. It'll take you no more than an hour to be involved. And let's all make change together.
0: Thank you, Caitlin. This this was. I'm truly grateful to be invited onto this podcast and to be able to get our message out to, to an even broader audience. So thank you for inviting us.
1: Absolutely. Bye everyone. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the kindness is podcast. If you love it and it's adding even a little bit of value to your life, we would love, love, love. If you could subscribe rate and review so we can reach even more people and make this world a little bit more kind.